0: Welcome to Reading the Bible Together. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Another way that you can look at this story is a
1: lot of stories in Scripture are powerful pictures of what is to come, right? And when you think of a Kingsman Redeemer, we talk about Jesus being the Redeemer of the world. And there's a lot of foreshadowing of the story of Christ in a lot of the Old Testament and so this is another one of those places where here's someone who's had a catastrophe in their life who sees nothing uh, good could possibly happen. She's, she's at a point in her life where she, you know, says, just call me, you know, don't call me beautiful anymore. Call me bitter. So she was probably feeling that way. Well, the people of Israel went through that time after time. Where is my God? What is going on here?
0: Unexpected. When you look in the lineage of Jesus, there are five women there that are unexpected. Women you wouldn't think would be in the lineage of the Messiah, but they're there. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a look at their stories. This episode, we're talking about Ruth and we can see her in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, 5, where it says, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. And the person that said yes to writing the study guide and yes to being on the podcast is Dr. Susan Payne. She works at the University of Northwestern St. Paul as an associate professor of, in Christian ministries. Welcome, Sue. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. What yeah. a wonderful person to talk about. Right? Wonderful book. Yeah. Such
1: a good story. Yeah. I mean, and who
0: better to talk about, you know, Ruth and all the pain that she went through than Dr. Payne. Herself.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I only use Dr. Payne with my students when it's absolutely necessary. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's start out by giving a synopsis of Ruth's story, in case someone hasn't read it before. Okay, well, it's
1: a, a rel- relatively short book, and it's one of the two written by women, or, or with the names of women in the title, mm-hmm. Ruth and Esther. So uh, the book of Ruth starts out with the mother, Naomi, and her husband, and I have the names written down because they're not names you say every day. Uh, Elimelech, right, was the husband, and they and their two sons, Malan and Killian, head off from Judah. Now, Judah is on the um, west side of the dead sea moab is on the uh, east side of the dead sea so they head out from um, judah where they live because there's been a famine in the land And there's no food. And in that time, you didn't just call up Amazon and have them send you something, right? So they have to leave to find food. And they must have heard that there was food available in Moab. So they head out. It's about 50 miles, not as a crow flies, but you have to go around the north end of the Dead Sea (laughs) in order to get there. And that's a pretty rugged journey because it's up into the mountains where uh, the Moabites lived. And so it probably took them seven to ten days, something like that. So they get to Moab. And the story really in the first five verses takes a huge switch from what you think it's going to be because Elimelech dies, the husband. So Naomi is left in this foreign land as an immigrant with these two sons. Now, we don't know how old they are at that time. We don't have any indication of that. But it says that soon after that, or it seems like soon after that, the um, sons both marry women from from Moab, Moabite women. One marries Orpah and one marries Ruth. And they become a part of their family. And so for 10 years, these two women, along with Naomi and the two sons, are a family in Moab. And then after 10 years, tragedy strikes again, and both of the husbands both of her Naomi's sons and both of the husbands die. Now, in Bible times, if both the husbands die, you're in trouble because the women didn't have any way to provide for themselves. And so that's why a lot of times in the Bible, it says widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. And so they have to decide what to do. And Naomi is just, you can imagine, heartbroken.
0: Yeah, you mo- losing your husband and uh, then both and of then your sons. And both sons.
1: Um, being in ministry for 25 years before I started teaching, I really don't think there's anything harder than losing a child, no matter what age you are. And so she's, she doesn't know what to do, but in that culture, you would go back to your family if you were a woman and lost your husband. So she decides she's going to go back to Judah. She has word that God has provided and that there's food again back in Bethlehem where she came from. And she says to the daughter, the daughter-in-laws, um, "This is what I'm going to do." Well, they actually start out together, but not far into the journey, she encourages them to go back to their families uh, in Moab. Mm-hmm. Because that's who could take care of them. They would take them in, they would find them new husbands, and they would go on from there. This wouldn't have been a real unusual thing in that culture because, of course, people um, passed away more quickly and often from diseases and such. So Ruth starts heading back. I mean, uh, Naomi starts heading back. Orpha says, really, she doesn't want to, but she decides, yes, that's what she needs to do. Ruth says, no, I'm coming with you. Where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. It's a famous verse, probably the one we hear the most out of the book of Ruth. So they head back, and they, um, the chapter 1 ends with them coming back to Bethlehem. Notice Bethlehem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get there, and they are still widows, and they uh, don't have people, you know, husbands that are providing food for them or that are farming or what, what their job might be. And so they have to live as widows, and one of the ways that widows did that is they would, they had their, uh, the Torah had a law that they could glean behind the people who are harvesting in fields. And of course, they just happen to get back as the barley harvest is being pulled, is being done. So uh, they have a conversation, Naomi and Ruth, and she says, Ruth, you go and find a field and you can glean, and that's how we'll eat. You can get food that's left over that they don't pick up when they're harvesting. So she does that. She just happens to pick the field that is Boaz's field, who turns out to be one of her family, extended family, one of Naomi's extended family. And so uh, he ends up being extremely kind, saying, come to my field every day, and she does, because she was safe there. Apparently it wasn't safe for the women sometimes, the widows and the women, to glean in some of the fields. And so he's very kind to her in that. So she goes back, and of course Naomi's just thrilled that she's found this this person from her family, and tells Ruth that there's actually, uh, again, in the Jewish uh, Torah, it talked about when women are destitute or people need help, the kinsman redeemer, from the fam- kinsman redeemers from the family. So that could be men in the family who then would take care of those who needed it in the extended family. So it turns out Boaz was would be her kinsman redeemer. So of course Naomi is excited because now they have this connection. Um, it just happens, of course, mm-hmm. to have this connection. So she tells Ruth what to do, and Ruth goes back, and it seems very odd to us, but Ruth goes back and she takes off her widow clothing, which would mean that she's now available to be married. And she goes and she uh, lies at the feet of Boaz when he's uh, going through the threshing of the grain. And so they would spend, you know, long hours, days. And so often the people doing it, the men usually would fall asleep. So she goes in and she sleeps at his feet. And when he wakes up, he's a little startled to have this woman at his feet, I'm sure. Um, But he finds out that she's there because he's related to Naomi, her mother-in-law. And she would like them to be her her kinsman redeemer for him to take that role. And he's a good man, Mm -hmm. right? He's just a good man. And so he says, yes, I will do that for you. And that's how chapter 3 ends. Well, the interesting thing is then when he actually goes to the leaders at the gate and the leaders in the city of the the Jewish group at that point, he he finds out there's actually someone else who is closer to Naomi than he is. Now you say, well, how can that be? How do they not know that it was their uncle? Well, these are extended families, right? There's a lot of different connections. And so he finds out that there's someone actually that is a closer relative that basically would have first— uh responsibility in a sense first dibs mm-hmm. on doing this because it also involved the land that the people had
0: so well, and i really i like how he he the way that boaz presents it is do you want a like land yeah oh by the way it also <laughs> comes along with this woman who you have to marry and have children with to, to yes, continue to, the other to line. continue
1: on the line yeah. of the family um and so boaz asks him and when when he finds out that bruce's it's coming along. <laughs> Ruth is part of this kinsman redeemer's responsibility for, for this family. Um, he declines. Now, it could be because she was a Moabite, right? Because the Moabites were had been longtime enemies of Judah. This seems to be a period of peace. Um, but they were longtime enemies. She was an immigrant. She was a foreigner. She was not a Jew. She was not part of God's people mm-hmm. from that perspective. Um, and so Boaz, he ends up giving up his rights. Boaz acts the kinsman redeemer. He takes uh the, you know he buys the land and he marries ruth and of course naomi again is saying look what god has done look what god has done and then it ends with a genealogy up to david at this point and um it does not include ruth in that genealogy but in matthew there we see that it is she is mentioned in the genealogy of jesus as one of the five women that are there that she is uh You know, her son Obed from Boaz. Boaz had Obed, who was, and Ruth was his mother um, in that genealogy. So it's, that's how she ends up in the genealogy. It's interesting. It's never mentioned in the book, but I believe Boaz is attached to that genealogy to another one of our women because his mother was Rahab. Right. So isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Also, when you read the book of Ruth, and if you haven't gotten a chance anybody to read the whole book. It's four chapters. It's not real long. Uh, you it, can
0: even listen to it. That's what I did a couple oh, of times. Oh, a good idea. Yeah. You can open up the U version app and listen to it a couple of times.
1: What a great idea. Yeah. A lot of us have commutes in cars. In mm-hmm. fact, you're on a ra- you're listening to a radio, so you very well be, might be in a car right now. Yeah. Great. Listening is great. Reading is great. You can just put it into a search engine and find it. You don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, have a Bible even to look at for something like this. Anyway, so that that ends with the genealogy and how she and uh, Tamar is also listed in the Matthew genealogy. At the end, when they're talking about the end of the book, when they're talking about Boaz is going to do this and the, the, the people in the community are saying, this is great. We think it's great. May you have may these women provide for you like. Um. Uh, Perez, I think it was his name, um, who and Tamar was his mother. Mm-hmm. So she's mentioned in the book too. So three of the one, five, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. three of the five women in the genealogies are actually mentioned in the book of Ruth.
0: Right, and I, it's it's such a good story, and I, you know there were so many questions that I have. And You mentioned the, you know, maybe the other kinsman redeemer didn't want to marry Naomi because she was a foreigner, and I was surprised at the very beginning that they're leaving for Moab because and then that she's having her sons marry Moabite women because there God had been very clear time and time again to not marry the foreign people so i just i think it's interesting uh that that god not only allowed that to happen but he he t- folds her in i mean i think it's a beautiful example of what he can do when, you know, when we feel like our life is a wreckage and there's so much loss and grief in our life and what what good could come from this. And then he strings things together yeah. to make them good.
1: Well, and when we think about scripture, I know that oftentimes when we read the Bible, we, we read one verse and we read the next verse and we don't think about how much time happened in between those mm-hmm. two verses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this was obviously a period during the period of Judges, which was not a great time for the People of God, um, where there was peace, right? And famine can bring that on too, right? If people are uh, don't have enough in one area, they have to move in that culture to another mm-hmm. area. And so, at this point, apparently there was peace, but that doesn't mean there wasn't bad feelings all the way around, right? And so, I we don't know if when Naomi and her family got to Moab, if they were uh, uh, if they they were accepted. Probably not. It could have been. We don't know. We're just surmising that perhaps the um, sons marrying Moabite women made them more acceptable in the community Mm -hmm. there. Because they ended up staying there and likely would have continued. They ended up settling there and likely would have stayed there, it seems. So there must have been a a connection there and a good life happening for them in that time. Another thing that's really interesting about this story um, related to the time frame is that these women were married to the men for 10 years and yet there's no children.
0: Which, yeah, that's very interesting because later when she married, when Ruth marries Boaz, it specifically says that God allowed her to become pregnant. Yeah. So we don't know why. I mean, that's the only thing. Sometimes we read the stories and
1: it's just like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But we don't, you know, we can surmise why, but we don't know at all why. But right. it's just one of those interesting things when you read a story where the culture would have been, you know, you get married and you start having children because. I mean, our culture is
0: like that now. And, but for then, that was a woman's whole identity and purpose in the culture was, was that. I mean, that's why we see Hannah crying out Mm -hmm. when she's not able to conceive because it's just so much. And I mean, and I think a lot of women, at least a lot of women, maybe I should just speak for myself, could feel like, have felt like that maybe even in our culture. And to think that this is that on steroids. Yeah. And so it's interesting. And I think when we read Scripture, no matter what the story
1: is, one of the things I love is that I have followed Christ for a long time. And uh, every time I read something that's very familiar, there's, new, there's something new there. And every time I read something um, that's familiar and yet I'm in a different place in my life, maybe I have taken a U-turn In what I thought, God is not doing what I thought God was going to do, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or maybe it's even to the point for some people where it truly is the catastrophe kind of a thing that Naomi had, with losing first her husband and then both her sons and being left destitute in a foreign land. I mean, that's a catastrophe. Right. You know, and to see how God works through those things. Um, And I think for some people uh, listening, because I've had friends like this, one of the hardest things sometimes is when you are dealing with infertility as a family. To hear these stories, mm-hmm. because that hope, right, of having children and the difficulty that that can be when you're experiencing fertility, my heart just goes out to folks, because that is just a hard place to be, and and we need to be sure we're supporting people in our churches. Um, so probably we don't know this for sure because it's not in the story, but it was. Uh, it's likely that by that time, Orpa, Orpa, and Ruth were kind of looked down on by the others mm-hmm. because they hadn't had children.
0: Which may have led to why Ruth was like, no, I'm going to go with you, Naomi. <laughs> that could have been part. We yeah. don't know. It yeah, could have been part know. of
1: it. It could have been she had a family she didn't want to go back to. Yeah. And it could be just what we usually say in the stories, that she was just a caring, loyal, noble woman. Mm-hmm. She's called noble a few times in the book, who wanted to take care of this person who she knew if she just went off by herself, who knows what would have happened.
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting when they do go back, Naomi says, call me Mara. Which means bitter, mm-hmm. that the, the text tells us it, it means bitter. And I was wondering, what does well, what does Naomi mean? Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. And then and you answered that in the study guide. What does Naomi mean? And, and Naomi means beautiful. Yeah. So don't call me beautiful. Call me bitter. Yeah. And
1: another way that you can look at this story is a lot of stories in scripture are powerful pictures of what is to come. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you think of a Kingsman redeemer, we talk about Jesus being the redeemer of the world. And there's a lot of foreshadowing of the story of Christ in a lot of the Old Testament. And so this is another one of those places where here's someone who's had a catastrophe in their life, who sees nothing uh, good could possibly happen. She's she's at a point in her life where she you know, says, just call me. You know, don't call me beautiful anymore. Mm -hmm. Call me bitter. So she was probably feeling that way. Well, the people of Israel went through that time after time. Where is my God? What is going on here? Mm -hmm. Um, And so when she goes back and people say, oh, you know, she, you know, there wouldn't have been any email. They wouldn't have known what happened yes. in those years that they were gone, right? So she has to come back and tell these people the, the disasters that have happened. And relive it. And relive it. And mm-hmm. she's bringing this Moabite woman with her who, you know, is, an, is not a Jew in a lot of people's eyes at that point. Now, she had said, your God will be my God. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the everyone who met Ruth wouldn't have known that. Um, and so it's it's just one of those things where when we read that, we see that when when we are feeling that way, when we don't see the hope, we're just feeling bitter and sad and we don't know how what's going on could possibly what God thought was a good idea. Right. Right? That this story shows us the faithfulness of God and it's a beautiful picture in the everyday life that God is faithful. Mm. And so in those times when we are wondering where is God what is going on here, God? This can't be what you were thinking was a good idea here. <laughs> you know, and you're in so much pain from what's happening in your life. This is one of those stories that we can read and be reminded that in amazing ways, I mean, just happened to go to Boaz's field, <laughs> right? Um, and he happened to be a kind and noble per- and a man who would take them in. I mean, that was God all the way through that, right? Yeah. And so it reminds us to say, okay, God is God. That's the kind of God of the Bible. That is the God of the Bible. Yes, bad things happen, but God will always be there. He will be faithful. He will be with you in the worst things that happen, and he'll be with you in the great days as well. Mm-hmm. And I, that's one of the things I love about stories that, that tell about someone who has moved through it. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a hope for the rest of us when we are in those times yep. that God, the God of the Bible, the God that we hear this, this, this story is about, um, well, is there, whether you feel it and you feel better at the moment or whether you know and at the end, Naomi gets to see how God brought that all about. That she was again joyous, not only joyous, but she had another child and the grandchild that was there. And then they, that, um, well, of course, she didn't know that Ruth was going to end up in the lineage of Jesus. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's one of those stories of hope, um, but also in a perseverance and of people who are loyal to each other during the hard times. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there could be people, maybe today's not your hard time, but maybe someone comes to mind who is going through a really difficult time. And how can you be there for them as a Ruth who helps them through it and who reminds them that God is still there? Um, I had a time in my life which was very hard. And one of my friends said one time, and I've always thought about it, she said, you know, um, I'll hold your hope for you. Mm. And I thought, what, have, that just meant to me so much because like it wasn't gone. I just couldn't hold it right then. Mm-hmm she said, I'll hold your hope for you. Um, And I just, that meant a lot to me in that moment to tell me that.
0: Yeah, it's important to have those people in our lives that can hold our hope, that can come alongside us. And and we see that with Ruth being with Naomi, that, you know, Naomi or Ruth was younger so that she could go out in the fields Mm -hmm. and glean. And um, I love British period drama. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And... (laughs) There is a show called Lark Rise to Candleford, and it's about a little hamlet outside of a town. And very the, the people that live in the hamlet are very poor. And a lot of the men work in the field. And at harvest time, then, you see the women going out and harvesting the wheat that's left behind. And, you know, there's I remember there was one episode where a woman was sick, and she said, "This we need this to survive. So, I mean, that they were doing that to survive. To survived to get for them it was to to be able to get through the winter but i just think i thought that it struck me after having seen that to read this to you know have a visual to go with it and for boaz to say you know what leave some behind yeah leave some extra for her yeah for her to be able to glean some more so that they can have what they need
1: yeah and then when he promises to be her kinsman redeemer he gives her I think it's a lot. I can't remember what is the amount he gives her. It's kind of as a promise that here's I really mean this, yeah. and she takes that back to Naomi too. So yeah, it's it in that sense. It's a just it's a beautifully crafted story, but it's also just a beautiful uh, story that reminds us uh, of who God is. And when we study Scripture, we need to really dig in to find out who the God of the Bible is, because sometimes we have a little sideways ideas from something that's happened in our lives, or maybe some teaching that we've had. Of who God is, um, and His great love for us, and the fact that He is faithful and always there. Um, there's no place that He's not, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we don't feel like God is with us, or we question, or we feel bitter, right? But God is always there, and these stories are ones you can read over and over again to remind you that God is there.
0: Is there anything else from Ruth's story that you want to make sure we talk
1: about? We wrap up. Um, well, again. It, there's so much here. I would encourage you to read it and read it and read it over and over again because there'll be something new every time. But also I do, have a, I do have kind of a funny point to make because I talk to my students about this. The story of Ruth and all the women that we do have stories about in the Bible is about a person of noble character, a person who follows through, a person who is following God through this, in this story. And sometimes we think that, well, the stories about women are just for the women, Mm. right? And so, you know, the women study the stories on the women. But the men, there's so much here for the men as well. Not just Boaz as a model, but Ruth as a model of a loyal person uh, as well and how she treats things. You know, all the time we look at the stories of the men in the Bible and we think, well, women should be that way too, If not, you know, we could have verses like, you know, and men stop your sinning and then the women would be okay. It would be just the men who had to do that. Right. (laughs) So we know that's not true. So I would encourage everyone to read the book of Ruth and to see what God is saying to them through Ruth's life, through Naomi's life, through Boaz's life um, and how he is faithful and will be with you in all that wherever you
0: are. So good. Such a good word. Thank you, Sue. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. I appreciate it. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. We should do it again. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about Ruth, one of the unexpected women in the lineage of Jesus. If you want to get your hands on that study guide, you can head over to myfaithradio.com and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Next time, we're going to be looking at the story of Bathsheba. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.